is more important than any other program that we have in life and any other thing. My prayer is that we may come to a place of understanding how it's important to put God first. How it's important to worship him. You know, I've been confronted to, with some questions talking to the Lord. Really dealing with the meaning of life. And in days like that sometime, I will sleep only an hour every whole day. From morning until the next morning. Maybe an hour. Reflecting on things and the importance in life. Usually I think of the people that were here before us and are no more. And I ask myself, are we doing what we are supposed to do so that when we meet him, we may be able to say, I've completed the task. I have finished the race. And I know the principle of life. But there's another principle that supplants this earthly life. And that principle is one day to his kingdom to fully come. And ask question like, what is the, what is the importance of your calling? What is the importance of what we are doing? Can I submit to you that many people did this before us, but we are no more? I don't know if you know about that. I look around, I don't see them anymore. And I realized that human beings put so much emphasis on pleasure that they forget purpose. So much emphasis on pleasure that we forget purpose. In a way that we live for pleasure. You see, if you ask anyone here, they will tell you, I want to do this, I want to have this. Hallelujah. For those who don't have a house, I want one day to own a house. For those who are not married, I want one day to be married. For those who are married that don't have children, I want one day to have grandchildren. For those who are grandchildren, I want my grandchildren to graduate before me. You see? That life. 
from one thing to another one. Hallelujah. And then we have built our lives on those things. In a way that when they come more, we are in despair. You see, many of the cry that we have in the church are not cry for the kingdom. They are cry for, purpose, for pleasure. Come on. How many people came here today and in their mind they said, we're going to trust God that people may be saved. And how many came saying, I'm going to trust God to get my breakthrough. And there is nothing wrong with that. You're coming trusting God for your breakthrough. But your breakthrough is small compared to eternal purpose. I mean, like I told you, I've seen the great and small die. And I came to a place like the book of Ecclesiastes says, sometimes it feels like a chasing of winds and pursuit of vain glory. So we need to realign to say, I want my life to bring glory and honor to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords in everything I do. Hallelujah. So, 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 so that the purpose to glorify God. But there is a plan. The plan is different from the purpose. The plan is the means that are used to achieve the purpose. So the plan is a way to the purpose. The plan can change, but the purpose does not change. So, God can tell you that this young man, you're going to marry a certain lady. That is a plan, it's not purpose. The purpose is that when you marry, you will glorify God. So, if this lady does not want to, God can change the plan and give you somebody else. But the purpose remains the same. Somebody get me. That's why you cannot stop your life for a change of plan. Ah. (laughs) You cannot change your life for a change of of plan. You can, the plan can change, but the purpose will remain. I don't even check what I'm saying. That's why some of you, when you come, no, my... My boyfriend, my girlfriend doesn't want to be with me anymore. I don't know what to do. It's a plan. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. It's a plan. So if that plan doesn't want to submit, let the plan go. And let God create another plan for you. But keeping the purpose for which he called you. Oh, you work and they want to fire you. It's a plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because at the end of the day, 
God wants you to glorify him in what you are doing. So you can glorify him here or there, but the glory goes to him. So, so the plans can shift, but the purpose remains the same. Ooh, somebody follow me. So if you come to church holding on a plan, you will be disappointed. Because plans are subject to change. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So it's not about how God says, God says. Yes, God said it. But why did he say it? That's what you must find out. When you find out why he said it, then you can understand that what he said sink and shift. But your purpose remains the same. Can I give you an example? He said to Israel, I'm taking you to the promised land. Those he told to didn't enter. But that purpose remained. So people died in the process. And when they died, they were Maybe if I appear in heaven, I'll say to God, you lied to us. The prophecy did not come true because you took us and we didn't get there. God said, no, look in the windows of time. They are there. You are the one that failed because you did not mix what you heard with faith. Therefore, you collapsed. Oh, I'm here to set somebody free today. I say I'm here to set somebody free today. Yes. No, God said I will be a doctor. What for? What for? You need to understand why. I'll be a lawyer. What for? Is to, if, if you want to be a lawyer for the sake of being a lawyer, then don't involve God. We have many lawyers. We don't need more lawyers. We need more godly lawyers. Somebody talk to me. We, we have doctors. We don't need more. We need more godly doctors. Doctors that will know that they are there to glorify God. They're not there to carry a title. They are here to fulfill an assignment. That's what we are looking for. Now, now that's why this morning I started like that, but I'm going somewhere. Yes, I'm going somewhere. And uh, when we are through, you will, you will celebrate with me. Hallelujah. I said, you will celebrate with me. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 49. I want to read from verse 3. It will be an answer for somebody here today. Isaiah 49, verse 3. He said, and he said to me, from, from verse 3 to 4, yes. And he said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Verse 4. He said, then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yes, surely, my just rewards is with the Lord and my work with my God. This is the word of somebody that just gave up. This, this, he is giving up. Let me take you to the context. God has spoken to the children of Israel. Because of their sins, God said, I'm taking you to Babylon, but then I will take you out of it. 
And they have been in Babylon. And the word is not coming to pass anymore. They feel that they are stuck in Babylon. They are losing hope. Israel is losing hope. You see, you come to a place of your life where it feels to you that all your efforts are not working. I don't know if somebody feels like that. It feels like the more you push, the more it pushes back. It feels like the more you run, the more you are pushed back. I have labored. Whereby the prophecy spoken upon your life is dying in your very own eyes. And then you come to a place where you feel, I have labored. But then you comfort yourself, you say, but I know. My just reward is with the Lord. Do you know why you say that? Because you have lost hope to find it in this life. Because you have, there is a, a noise, is it my jacket? Do you hear that? Tristan on the mic, is there a, oh, there is nothing. Okay, I'm hearing something. Let me see. Okay, thank you. Maybe I won't hear it. <laughs> so, you come to a place of your life and many are there today where they are confronted with realities of life. And it doesn't matter how you can jump in church when you come down, it tells you in your face. And doesn't matter how happy you can be in church, when you come out of that door, that thing is looking at you in the face. Oh, this is what I'm hearing. People are communicating. It's a, it's a mic. They, they didn't switch that one off. Okay. So, you know, the crisis that Israel was facing brought them to a crisis of identity and faith. You can put it down. Whenever you face something, it brings the crisis of identity and faith. Can you shut that thing down, my son? Please. So, you come to a place where you ask yourself, Am I still in the will of God? Israel was asking, are we still the people? Are we still the people of God? And if we are not, can we still put our trust in a God that, was, that has forsaken us? So not only your identity is shaken, but your faith is also shaken. So you come to a place where you start to question the very foundation of your faith and what you have heard. And you come to a place where you feel like maybe I heard wrong. It's not God. If it has been God, why am I in this situation for so long? And every time I think there's a breakthrough, there's a casting down. And the word of the Lord that says when there's a casting down, the Lord will say there's a lifting is not applicable to you anymore. 
Because you can hear there is a lifting, but you are down. You try to pull yourself. You are not pulling yourself up. And you start to doubt. You start to doubt the very core of your identity. And Israel came to a place where they start to doubt their own identity. You see, the world that we are living in is a world of mysteries. And you need to know that the world will not give you the rite of passage just easily. And you need to know that what you are called for also calls for opposition. That you are not a lonely team on the field, there is an opponent. Therefore, expect sometime that there will be resistance. The problem with Christians is that they think they have only one on the field. So they can't understand the resistance part. They fail to understand why Peter said to the people, do not be surprised when you go through all kinds of various afflictions. Knowing that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. So because they think they are alone on the field, every resistance it's an opportunity for, to deny God. Then you start to question, why? God, why? Why did you say it and you are not doing it? Go ask Daniel. He said for a very moment, your word went to heaven. God gave the answer. But there was a kind of resistance in the atmosphere. And Daniel had to Persist and be consistent. Maybe your resistance does not come from the third heaven or the second heaven, but your resistance is coming from your mind. Your way of understanding and your way of seeing things. So, so we have come to a place where many people are tired. You know what? I, I saw it. I saw it as I'm speaking. I'm still seeing it. It's like... Soldiers that are tired, they have the armors, they have, they have the guns, but they are dragging their feet because they have no strength to pull themselves up anymore. Yet they are an army, but tired. And God is coming this morning. And look at the answer of God. Let's go to verse 14. To 16. He said, but Zion says, the Lord has forsaken me. Zion says, come on somebody. He says, Zion. Do you know that Zion is twofold reality in the Bible? Zion depicts in the Old Testament Israel as a kingdom. In the New Testament, Zion depicts the church. We have come to Zion, the city of God. Hebrews, talking about the church. They say, Zion says, 
the Lord has forsaken me. Listen, look, read the wedding. Put it there, please. Verse 14. Verse 14. Isaiah 49, 14. We are still there. I want people to read it with me. No. 14. Verse 14. Okay. Let's read. That the Lord and the Lord look at the choice of words. Verdiense and Zion said God. Zion said what? The Lord means owner. It means Zion says the one that owns me has forsaken me. The one I've given my life to has forsaken me. He has even forgotten about me. The choice of words here are precise. The Bible says we are a, a possession unto the Lord. And then Zion says, my possessor has forsaken me. So when your possessor forsakes you, who else can redeem you? So Zion came to a place where they say, there is no hope anymore. Our help has gone. And, and, and let's carry on the reading. And this is what the Lord says. Can a woman... Can a woman forget a nursing child and not have compassion on the son of a womb? So the owner comes. And the owner is saying, your debate is wrong. Because I want to bring you to the human reality so that you may understand my fault for my fault are not my fault and my ways are not your ways. If I talk to you as God, you might not understand me. Let me bring you to the reality of human being. Can a, ma- a woman forsake a nursing child? Not just a child, a nursing child. That, that deep that deep for somebody. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, you know, when my children were born, we are in the bed. My wife will pick the baby and put the baby the other side. I say, what? Say, I don't want you to lie on the baby. Forget and lie on the baby. So she feels that her, she can't forget. Uh, the reason why she can't forget, she knows the pain of giving birth. So whenever she wants to forget, the pain reminds her there is somebody next to you. So Jesus knows the pain of the cross. Uh-huh. How dare do you think he can forget about you? When he has done it all for you. He has gone to the cross. Nail at the cross. So that you may have life. And you say, he is forgetting about me. If he can forget about you, he will forget about the cross. But let me tell you, in heaven, they still call him the name of God who was slain. For the sin of humanity. Can a woman forget? And they sing. Child. 
The child that is sucking at your breast. Not the 18 years old. Not the 19 years old. Not the independent one. Not the one that makes his own decision. The one that is still sucking at the nurse. At the breast of a woman. Can a woman forget? And the sing child. God is making a, 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 his appeal here. And he's speaking as a human now. So that you can understand. And he said, and not have compassion. Not just forget. And not have compassion. Now, he has gone from the nursing to his son. Because his son can be forsaken. Jesus said, my father, my father. Why have you forsaken me? But he never said, my father, my father. Why don't you have compassion on me? Because a son, you always have compassion on your son. I've seen parents, their son does something wrong. And the moment you want to correct the son, they say, be careful. I bet you will understand that one day. I give a smack to my son. And here comes my wife. You were too harsh. I say, I don't understand this. Sometimes you give him a smack that is harder than mine. My mind is always harsh because she's the son of a womb. Although the son is my seed, but my seed needs to escape my body. I need, my seed needs to disconnect from me in order to reach the body of my wife and become one with her. In that place, I'm disqualified from the equation. Whatever is happening there, I have no control over it because a womb is a womb, not my womb. So, so the baby can kick, I can just put my hand to, take, to feel it, but I don't know the pain. I don't know the positioning of a baby. I don't know when the baby go and, and press on the kidney and the bladder. I don't know that experience. But a woman knows. Although I gave a seed, I don't have the experience of bearing the baby. So God is saying, I bore you in my womb. Those who believe in Jesus, he gave them power to become technon of God. Not born out of the will of man, but born from the very womb. Of God. God bore you in his womb. Therefore, although you are matured, the umbilical cord still speaks for you. It, mm, in a way that, that no one has compassion over you, God still has compassion over you. Because he bore you. You were in his womb. When society is saying, now you have reached the age of majority that you can go to jail, the mother still goes to the court with you. When you are in jail, the mother still visits you. Sometimes the father does not have time for you, but the mother all the time. You know, in a house, when a child wants a deal, he goes to the mother, not the father. Uh -huh. He knows where to pray. He knows the soft button. He knows if I can hug mommy, I can ask everything. And sometimes my own house, I will say to my son, you guys are lucky, you can't do that with me. I say, when you mess up with me, you mess up. You can go to your mom. So we have dealing that sometimes I don't know. And I ask, how did you get this? 
No, mom bought it for me. I said, when? <laughs> no, last time when we went to the mall, I came, I said to her, you have money. Me, I'm not buying books. He lost it. <laughs> and I said, if I buy it, he has to pay me back. <laughs> yes, when my son lost his bag, I told him for, for nine months, you will not have pocket money. I will use that to put it in my own pocket because I'm buying a new bag and a new it's a fair deal. And, and in the meantime, mommy was still feeding him. And, and I found out later, can a woman and not have compassion in the son of a womb? You know, let me take another example. Otherwise, plus the birthday, it will be hot. I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, you want to send Salome. We won't take it on record. We'll cut your names anyway. One day I was there and I received a text, not from Johannes, from Salome. Say, I want to bring you my son so that you can pray with him. They came. Johannes was not there. He was busy. And Salome was sitting with a child. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what happened. This woman will hold that child everywhere. And I'm not saying the father will forsake him, but there's this serious connection between mothers. Hallelujah. My God. Sometimes you feel your son is taking your place. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you know if you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and that sometimes it feels like hey, I was here before. Because what they will rebuke you over, they will say to the child, you must have compassion on him. He's still young. Ooh. God is saying, Will I not have compassion? A woman or the son of a womb. I don't know what your trouble is. But the Lord told me to tell you. He has not forsaken you. He has not left you. And he still has compassion on you. And doesn't matter how you feel you have messed up. Doesn't matter how you feel you have messed up. Doesn't matter how you feel you have lost it. There is a father that is like a mother too. That understands the heart of a child. Let's continue the reading. Surely they may forget. He said, even if a human fail. If it comes to a place where it was ever said that a mother can forget a nursing son. Because you can find argument to say, I know a mother that left her children. That ran away. God said, even then. Surely. They may forget, but yet I will not. Somebody say, I will not. He didn't say, I may not. He said, I will not forget you. So, your story that God does not see you, it's a lie from Satan. Yeah. 
He said, I will not forget you. Then he goes on because of time. Let's go on quickly. See, I have inscribed you. I have written your name in the palm of my hands. Not in my face because I might not see my own face if I don't look in the mirror. But in my the palm of my hands, if I'm not blind, there is no way I can see the palm of my He said, I have written your name in a place that I cannot forget. You know the hands. The hands of God, according to the Hebrew mind, the hands of God is his power to perform. So when we say Jesus is sitting at the right side, God is spirit. So your story where you think he's sitting here and he's just sitting at the right side, it's a life from Satan. It's not like that. You won't go in heaven and you see Father sitting and Jesus sitting there. No. He's talking about from now on he does everything through Jesus. That's what he called my right side. So when he says, I've inscribed you on the palm of my hand, it means where my power is to act, that way I have you. <laughs> it means... It means that in my dealings with you, I work on your behalf. So don't think you are forsaken. You might not see me working, but I'm busy. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We might not feel my work, but I am busy. You might not sense it, but I am busy. You might not feel it, but I, the Lord, am working in the unseen to bring to fulfillment the things that you thought I've forgotten you about. He, he's a silent God when it comes to working. Oh my God. He's a silent God when it comes to working. I'll give you an example why he's a silent God. When we were constructing the temple, he said, make sure that you don't make noise in the temple. So even the stone that to be cut has to be cut outside so that in my temple there will be silence. So God works in silence. And sometimes we don't discern when he's working. And we think because there's no noise, because there's nothing I can feel, he's not working. He's saying, my child, I have you at the place of my authority. And I'm working even when you don't feel it, even when you don't sense it, even when you don't experience it, I'm working. And at the end of the day, when I display my word, celebration will come because people will start to praise my name because now everybody knows I was working. When it's said and done, you will know he's working for you. You will know he's working for you. You will know. You might not be involved in the process, but he's still working. You might not know about the process, but he's still working. Maybe you died last night in your sleep, but you don't know why you are awake. He's a silent God in working in silent situation. He's a warrior that does not know to blow the trumpet before you. He goes before you in the unseen land. And he does unseen thing. Only the works are displayed when he's finished. And that's where testimony comes. Because now you can see it. I can see it. But when he created the universe and he said, let there be light, there was no way, there was no way that light could be 
but in his might, he spoke it to be a night was. Today, I don't know the chaos in your situation, but I see the spirit of the Lord hovering over the face of the deep. I see the spirit of the Lord hovering over you this morning. And God said, let there be answer. Maybe it's in your family. You don't see the work of God in your family. Maybe you have prayed for your family and no one is getting saved. Maybe you have prayed for your sisters and brothers and no one is getting saved. I'm telling you, he's a worker in silence. When you are my God, my God, my God, my God, his work, his work is so perfect that you won't be able sometimes to discern that he's working because his work is mixed with a stillness. That's why I said, be still and know that I am God. My God, my God. Maybe somebody needs this word this morning. Maybe you have come to a place where you want to give up. I have two words for you. Do not quit. Ah, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. The great I am is working on your behalf. The great I am is working on your behalf. I'm still giving our testimony. The first time my wife fell pregnant, we doubted. After two weeks, she asked me, are you sure there is something in there? Remember, you asked me that question. See, he said, I can't feel anything. But the fact that she can't, couldn't feel it didn't mean there was not a seed. Because the first day you are pregnant, you might not feel it. Do, are you, do you know that the morning sickness starts when the doctor tells you? Because he has conditioned your mind to receive that you are something inside. Before that, you were running. Jimmy, you are pregnant. I need coffee. Midnight, I, need, I feel like coffee. They are manipulating you. Listen. Although the baby is not felt, the baby is there. Although, although even with you go to the scan, they might not see. They detect it in the blood and the urine. Because at that stage, a scan cannot determine. There are times in your life when nothing can determine what is happening except the eyes of the spirit. And you will think nothing is going on. I have a good news for you. Everything is still in place. Everything is still in place. He is God over all. He said your walls are continually before me. Your walls talks of protection. Talks of war. So God says... He who watches over you does not slumber, nor sleep. He walks over your walls. The military word says, he, 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 he parambulates. It means he walks like that all the time. Over the walls. Looking for who can come. Because if your watchman is not sleeping, you cannot be caught. And he said, I don't sleep, nor slumber. You have a watchman. 
that does not sleep, no slumber. Listen to me, man. When people are gossiping about you, is there? When they are plotting against you, is there? When they are trying to destroy your future, is there? And they forgot, he's the one fighting for you. So their plans are exposed because God is there. That's why I don't worry about those who gossip about me. Because why you think you are gossiping, he's there. Even if he does not tell me, he's taking care of it. Before you feel to gossip, he has an answer to your gossip. My God does not sleep, no slumber. My God does not sleep, no slumber. My God does not sleep. My, 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 my God does not sleep, no slumber. My God! And let's, let's, let's bring it to an end. You see, your sons shall make haste. Your destroyer and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. He didn't say I will chase them. They shall go away. Why will they go away? When they see what God is doing. <laughs> when they see what he's doing, he place a table in the presence of your enemies. My God, and he anoints your head with oil and your caps runs up. Surely, goodness and mercy. No. No, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. He said, goodness and mercy shall hunt me down. Yes. Shall hunt me down. He said, if you ask something I don't have, I will create it for you. I came with a message this morning. Pick your heads up. Your Redeemer is coming. I said, pick your eyes up. Your Redeemer is coming. Zion is coming. He said, before Zion traversed, she has given birth. Sparing her from the labor pain and dropping the child like if there was no labor pain. Because she has gone through a pain, through the waiting already. So when the delivery comes, it's easy. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But I stand here as a prophet of God to declare to you, your waiting time is about over. Your waiting season is about over. I prophesy from this altar that the Lord is shifting the atmosphere in the room. I prophesy from this altar that the Lord is doing something amazing. Take my word, the Lord is doing something amazing. And the Spirit told me this morning, he said, tell them to be patient. Tell them to be patient. Because in the next 40 days, most of them will rejoice in the house. He gave me, he gave me a definite time. He said, in the next 40 days, at the time of birth, at the time of life, this house shall rejoice. At the time of life, this house shall rejoice. So when the devil is trying you, say, devil, I'm coming. In the next 40 days, 
I'm arising like a lion. In the next 40 days, God is doing something in my life like never before. In the next 40 days, He's opening doors that no man can open. He's opening ways that no man can open. He's turning, he's turning, he's turning. Whoa! 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 He's doing it! 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 Whoa! Whoa! Maybe you've been waiting and you ask yourself, Lord, when? Lord, when? Start to count from today, in the next 40 days, a breakthrough like never before. We're going to usher this breakthrough in. Because when God speaks, we need to mix it with faith. Oh, I'm not talking about faith today. But, but, but we need to take action. Yes, yes. We need to start to organize ourselves. To pray and fast. Uh, to, to seek the Lord. Because in the next 40 days, a turnaround is coming. Some of you, before the 40 days is over, you are already rejoicing. Some of you, it will happen after the service. Some of you, it will happen tomorrow. But we have a gap of 40 days in which God will show himself strong in your midst. It's happening right now. Receive it in the name of... Whoa! Whoa! I feel the anointing. I feel... Oh, 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 oh. Help him, help him. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the glory of God in the house. I feel the glory. Chains are breaking. Chains are breaking. Family altars are being destroyed. Family pattern are being changed. It's happening to you right now. Oh, I feel the glory of God. Yo, yo, I feel the glory of God. If I be a prophet of God, some of you will have unusual testimony in the gap of the 40 days. Because the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me. My wife came to me at five. She said, can't you sleep? I said, I can't sleep. Because the whole night, the Lord was busy with me. I will lie. I will stand up. I will sit. And he said, go tell my people. I'm not a weak God. I'm, I, I, I'm not a weak. I haven't forgotten them. In the process of time, they will see what I told them. Wait, wait, don't pick it up yet. Leave it there. Leave it there. My God. My God. Go and sing your song, the last song. The last song. We're going to finish with that. After that, we're going to have communion. I'm going to go home. Tonight, I'm coming back. And Saturday, I'm coming back. 
Some of you will not understand what I'm doing. Because you are taking it in the flesh. I know what I'm doing. I've been celebrating birthdays all my whole life. And the Lord told me, this time you celebrate me. Say, this time you celebrate me. There are, there are things that God is going to open up for people. My God, my God. They're going to be surprised. They're going to be shocked. Let's go quickly, let's go quickly before the time goes. Can we lift up our hands in the house and celebrate the Lordship of God?